The following content is not intended for the melanin impaired. Uh, but fuck it. Come on in anyway. Just act accordingly. Start the show. Say they can just walk in. <laughs> they text me when they're pulling up. <laughs> they don't get to just walk in priority. No. If there's if there's a nigga in line, you have to get behind that nigga. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black. Your black ass cheat sheet for the week in foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy, Oz. D. Randall causing a scandal. Uh, it is episode... 192? 192. We're close. We're close. Too close. You're in, you're in the great game now. <laughs> and the great game is terrifying. Still one of my favorite Game of Thrones lines. Man. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I, I briefly mentioned this in an earlier episode. You know, they've been replaying... All the seasons mm-hmm. get people lathered up for House of the Dragon. Yeah. I got to tell you, the finale, not even the finale, because I see where the flaws were in the finale, and I understand. Nothing, None of that has deterred me from how much I like this mythology. Mm-hmm. None of that has deterred me from how much I like the characters and the kind of legacy of this universe. And I'm just as hyped for House of the Dragon. I'm curious. I'm curious to see. I'm hyped for House of the Dragon, and you know they're doing a Jon Snow show. They've announced that. Yeah. Did they announce that at Comic Con? Yeah. I mean, they they mentioned it. They, okay. they said that they were going to have a spinoff with you know Kit Harrington playing Jon Snow. And I, I think I think when the uh, when the ser- when the series finale dropped, I think you and I maybe even talked about like yeah. we, we would like to see a show with with Jon Snow and his. Wandering bag, uh, band of vagabonds, just, Hell yeah. you know, perusing the South Side. I want to see. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to see. And I love how they're so North. Yeah. They consider the Northerners the South. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I love that. And I, yeah, I want to, I would love to see more of Jon Snow and kind of being finally being at which I didn't do a one turn that I never saw coming in the series, him being at home with the wildlings in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's out there. Right. He's out there in the streets. The other thing I want to see more, the other thing I'm excited about, if this is a part of the story is I want to see more of my, my nigga Tormund. (laughs) I, after watching La- the the final season, yeah, nothing has detoured me. That is that is my that's my that's my nigga. Yeah, that is the torment is that's your spirit animal. <sighs> torment don't give a fuck, boy. <laughs> I love that dude. I and and he is so focused. 
He wanted to fuck Brienne so bad. It's the big woman here. <laughs> <laughs> and and the best and the other best part about it is the hound was so disgusted. Yeah. The hound was disgusted. You're fucking Brienne? I mean, no, but no, no, you are a weird motherfucker. Like, yeah. not the bitch that kicked my ass. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hyped for House of the Dragon. I think it's next week, twenty first, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, that's next week, next Sunday. Yeah. All right, it's on and popping. Just HBO be timing the fuck out of this shit. Oh yeah, because Westworld is about to wrap up tonight. Yep, I'm definitely hyped for that shit. Yeah, I. I if if anyone told me I'd have been that excited for Tessa Thompson in a in a in a red pants suit, whooping the shit out of what's her name, you and Tim, boy, <laughs> that was that was my shit. Um, shout out to the new listeners. The fuck are y'all doing here? Why? Why? I don't understand. Y'all didn't have anything else to do. Nothing. Okay. It's not even as hot today as it usually is. Like. We've had some rainy days, so it's about to heat up again. But y'all can get outside a little bit. Just remember, you asked for this. Also, we have been checking y'all at the door just for any bumps or lesions. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not playing that bullshit. Mm -hmm. Ain't ain't no monkeys in this house. Fuck that. Um, Shout out to the new listeners, the old listeners, the first times, the last times, the long times. Maybe the last times. Maybe y'all sick of this shit. Uh, shout out to everybody on Spotify, Google, YouTube, SoundCloud, iHeart, wherever quality content is disseminated. Shout out to our loyal patrons on Patreon. Hey, hey. Love y'all, y'all, y'all are always, y'all are always in the building. Um, love, uh, see y'all on the Discord. I might, I, I might check the Discord for some quality content later. Um, uh, was there anybody else I want to shout out this week? No, um, flowers giving out flowers while people are here. Mm-hmm. Flowers go to to the god, to the the the, the queen mother, Miss Serena Williams. Oh. Serena Williams has announced her retirement. Uh, she played her final game this week. All right, um, left the stadium the thundering applause. Mm-hmm. That's how you want. Hey, anytime somebody, anytime somebody steps down and does their last thing, and they get that roaring, thundering applause that they deserve. Yep. In my head, the 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 piano ending the encore plays, and that little just that little just play out. Yeah. That, that's my shit. I, as much as I talk about how Jay Z has. Maybe evolved and or fallen off. <laughs> he has definitely given black people some real anthem music. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he we we call some of his shit black superhero music. He wasn't playing. Yeah. Uh, so, get, so yeah, that, for you for you New York niggas that swear we hate Hove. There you go. There's some flowers for Hove. Uh, Serena Williams don't owe us shit, and I'm glad she got out before she fell off. Right. Because men don't do that. Men do not they do don't. that. They will. LeBron James is 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 working on borrowed time at this point. He's, I was gonna say he's still in good shape. He's still good at what he does. But you know, every year he comes closer to that that you know that one rolled ankle. You ain't lying. Away from you know. 
You ain't lying. Being Kobe in his last two years. I'm I get out of my head. I was just about to say. I know I talk a lot of shit about Kobe, but we gotta be honest, fam. Them last few years of Kobe were rough. Mm. And if it had been anybody else in wearing that jersey, if it had been anybody else in that spot, they'd have been calling for his head, taking up all that fucking cap room. Yep. So he could finish out that bum ass uh it was like a two year contract or some shit. Mm-hmm. I never understand those one. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, and I don't understand a lot about sports management. But it was I never, those one and two year contracts. It was one of those things where he they they wanted to. It was it was really more ceremonious than anything. They they allowed him to get paid basically what he deserved to get paid, mm-hmm. and that's that's the thing about a lot of superstars. Like even like Steph Curry dealt with this, you know, before he resigned his contract. Uh, a year or so ago, uh, a lot of times in their most popping years, when they're locked into the contracts and right. like they're the best player in the league, they're not making anything close to what their value is. Ah, Jordan, because they came up. Yeah, because they came up. So like the the two years where Steph won MVP, yeah, he was he was nowhere. I mean, he was he probably wasn't in, even in the top twenty five of guards in terms of pay. Right. But you know, you're in the middle of a contract, so you can't do anything about what you're getting paid. Right. And, and with Kobe, you know, he had gone for years being undervalued in, you know, with respect to how much he contributed to the team. So, like, that mm-hmm. last contract was really just a, hey, you're on the squad for, you know, three or four years. We're just going to max out how much we pay you even though you ain't shit now. I can respect that. Okay, I can respect yeah. that. Um, they I, try, I, they, I be trying to hate on Kobe, but I can respect that. Yeah, they tried to do that with Jordan. Jordan's last year with the Bulls in 98, they did the same thing. Like, they paid him $25 million in one year, which at the time was like an astronomical figure, but it was right. one of those, you know, you're going to pay that man what he's worth. Right. As, as a sign of how much yeah. we appreciate you. And okay, that's fair. Um, so with respect to Serena it's good to see her go out before she has to go out on her shield. Right. Um, you know, and, and she's, she's still fully, fully capable and, and not, you know, we, with our, with our heroes, with our athletes, we like to remember them in a good light. Right. We like to remember them at their best and, and don't I don't like to go through the pity stage of, yeah, I respect you for what's for when you were once great, but I hate seeing you as a shell of yourself now. And 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 just so we're clear, just so we're making our stance clear, Serena ain't fell off. She has not. Some of these young now some of these young girls then come up and, you know, they representing and showing what time it is too, but they didn't just hold Serena. Mm-hmm. They had to step up to her level. So let's let's just be clear about that. Um, Serena, we ha- when we talk about like top three sports athletes ever, we have to put some respect on her name. We have to. Yeah. I and I didn't. It's not that I never thought it. I never thought about it. And. When somebody said it, I realized I didn't have any pushback. Oh, okay, yeah, let's go, yeah, top. <laughs> um, the thing I always thought was funny that I never knew until later in life—not later in life, but later and after that was not so big—was that she did a voice on Avatar: The Last Airbender. She did. Remember book three. Uh, Oh, you never watched Avatar, nope. is it? Oh, it was a kind of minor thing, and they didn't make a big deal out of it. 
you know, back in the day when there was a celebrity on one of these cartoons, they make a huge deal out of it. But um, 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 Dante, Brian and Dante didn't make a big deal out of those things. Um, there was a there was an episode where Uncle Iroh, um, the dragon of the West, the god, was in prison. And it was this lady who was always nice to her, who was always nice to him when she when she had to guard him or bring him his food and all that shit. Yeah. And so when the shit went down, or when he knew the shit was about to go down, he said, maybe you should call in sick tomorrow. You've always been very nice, and I just think you should really call in sick tomorrow. I'm 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 not telling you why. I'm just just a just intuition. And she didn't show up the next day. Mm. And they, they, it turned out later that was in fact Serena Williams. Um, Interesting. So it was it, it was it was definitely a cool moment. Um, yeah, it, Serena has let uh, Serena has nothing else to prove in sports ever again. She is. Done everything. She's won every title. She's sold every bit of merchandise imaginable for probably every <laughs> probably every company that will allow it. Um, there's nothing else. And if there's nothing else, you've done it all. You ain't got shit to prove. Go home and be a mom. Go home and be a young mom. And, you know, be happy with that filthy rich white boy. I call this an Eve move. Eve didn't have shit yeah. else to prove in entertainment. Not that she was just the biggest entertainer or anything, but I mean, when there was a white boy waiting in the wings yeah, once you marry, to make sure she does nothing ever again. Once you marry rich, you ain't got shit to prove. And the minute and the minute COVID hit, and it was getting harder to do talk shows and shit. She whatever that talk show she was on was it The View? I don't mm-hmm. know. Wh- whichever one it was, she told. Um, I think I'm good. I think I'm going to stay over here in Europe and uh, do nothing and be filthy rich. It was real, guys. Nothing wrong with that. And we never saw her again until she decided she was bored and she came out for her verses. Let's hurry. Let's at least there and show up. <laughs> I have no more goals or aspirations in life. <laughs> That's going to be the craziest episode of Opinions Wild Black. There won't be ever. an episode. <laughs> Just telling you now, there won't be an episode. They'll be like, yep. Oh, man. Oh, I did a podcast? <laughs> okay. All I know is these two houses are going to end up for sale. Hey, I'm, I'm here with my African-American queen. <laughs> and all of her pasty elegance. <laughs> oh, man, you stupid. But you're correct. <laughs> you're also correct. Um. I really want her, just on a side note, I really want her to stop doing those Fast and Furious movies. Because they keep putting her in fucked up haircuts. I mean, it's not her fault. You gotta, you gotta blame Vin Diesel. I blame Vin Diesel for anything bad that happens with those movies, I blame Vin Diesel now. I mean, now that we know what a dickhead he is. Yeah. How do you fuck up a... Be- the Rock is supposed to make your franchise better. and He's made every franchise he's touched better. How do you blow that bag? Let's be real. It's, That's an epic bag fumble. It's live action Hot Wheels. Like, <laughs> let's let's not let's not put too much let's not put too much weight on it. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a hell of a bag to blow because as much as we talk bad about those movies, make bank every time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know how when you were a kid, you would play with cars, you would be like. <laughs> That's exactly what Vin Diesel is doing with cameras. 
and, you know and it, the budget. And you know why that's funny is because at the end of the fat the, the this last one, they did have that scene where where his son is playing with the car and just and just yeah. throws it up in the space shuttle. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's exactly that's that, Vin Diesel. That's a storyboard. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, uh, air horns. Shout out to Serena. Uh, shout out many flowers to Serena Williams, the goat. Um, still fine, still. Com- and 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 before we move on, that is one other thing that I think deserves flowers is that Serena Williams kind of re kind of re rearranged the landscape of how people outside of the community looked at fine for black women because she also caught a lot of shit. It was a lot of these white folks were still mad at those Puma outfits, man. It was a lot of these white boys and these, and these fuck niggas calling her a fucking man. If that's some fam, just because she was muscular, mostly just because she was tall and muscular and she didn't fall into those Eurocentric, Aspects of what we call conventional beauty. I just, she could break me. Fuck I, it. I just wish she didn't mess with her face, though, man. It, I, okay, I, I was kind of, I was a little disappointed with that. Part. Okay, so is that what's happening? Has she been bleaching, or because there yeah. were some people that were like, yeah. "Oh, that's just bad lighting." No, there's been something. Unless that bad lighting is following her everywhere she goes, there's there's something going on there. Oh, okay. but you know that's that's that that has nothing to do. Correct. With her greatness on the correct. Court. So I'm, I'm Absolutely. not, not going to go off on that tangent. Absolutely. But. Air horns one yeah. more time. Flowers to her. Absolutely. Uh, we, will, we, we will miss your presence on the court. I'm sure she won't be far away. <laughs> but no. also she might be. <laughs> I, I, I would say there's equal. That's 50-50. Yeah. She either, either she'll show up every now and then to just watch a game or we'll never see her again. I haven't seen Eve since the verses. Um, humans ain't shit. Oh boy! So this is gonna be one of those times where Randall uh, sighs a lot because uh, he is reminded of the fuckery, the jungle of fuckery that is social media. Let me practice now. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I think I'm ready. So a article if you really want to call it an article has been uh making the rounds uh on the social meds um i believe it's from i'm looking psychology today psychology today doesn't have the strongest articles to begin with let's start there um and they don't they just they give you some statistics and some facts and depending on the writer they make implication they 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 make inferences about what we can take from those facts and statistics, which is not un- which is not unfair, which is not bad journalism in and of itself, depending on the writer. Again, having said that, the title of this article: "The Rise of Lonely Single Men." I'm sure you're already getting the visual. Of niggas in a chokehold. <laughs> the 
the first thing the Manosphere niggas are going to say is that this is written by a white man. Yes, it is. It's written by a white man. Um, that probably does not matter in this case. Because he wasn't talking about single black men. He was talking about single men. And it is interesting to point out that very few people I've seen with this actually posted the article. They screen capped the title and the key points, the bullet points at the top. Very few people posted the link. And that in itself is leading because the key points that are most popularly pointed out is one, and I'm quoting here, dating opportunities for heterosexual men are diminishing as healthy relationship standards increase. And the other one, men represent approximately 62% of dating app users lowering their chance for matches. Now, that's just math. That second one, that is just math. That's what we would call, if, was, if, if the internet were real life, that's what we would call a sausage fest. Or hip-hop night at any club. <laughs> oh, man. No bad memories there, huh? <laughs> man. Nothing like male groupies, I tell you. Um, so the women took this and ran with it, and understandably so. And there's a reason they took this and ran with it. These things don't happen in a vacuum. For the past few years, at least since the, the pandemic started, all you Kevin Samuels niggas, or as Marcus Black calls them, the Samuelites, funniest shit Marcus has ever said. <laughs> <laughs> um, all you Samuelites swear that women are all emotional, that women don't listen to facts and statistics and that they're just in denial of what the numbers say. Well, the numbers have implied something. One, the numbers have implied that Kevin Samuels was in fact wrong, which I could have told you a long time ago. I think I did pretty much since mm -hmm. he, since he came up. Um, he was wrong and that all the things that, are putting black women, and we're going to focus on black women because I don't really know or give a fuck what white women do, um, that are putting black women in positions to come up mm -hmm. uh, professionally, personally, emotionally, all that. Kevin Samuels would have you believe that all those things that are causing black women to win out in the world are making them losers as far as being chosen in a relationship. The facts more and more are showing that not only is it the, the, the polar opposite, but that black women might not even want to win. Yeah. In the way that Kevin Samuels was implying. Oh, well, you'll never get a man. Uh, fuck him. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like out here. And I don't blame him. Now... I didn't take offense because I don't have these problems. Um, as is, well, no, I'm not. That's a that's a stupid flex. I'm not going to go there. But um, 
I don't have these problems, so I didn't take offense to it. But a lot of these niggas, and a lot of the usual suspect incel niggas felt away. <laughs> oh, first it was, oh, this is the white man causing division. The white man wasn't trying to cause division because the white man didn't single out black men. Yeah. Hit dogs holler, you dummy. Mm. <laughs> Let's start there. As a matter of, nope, nope, not gonna, I, I think I got that shit off. Give me, give me an ether. So let's start there. You've exposed yourself and your bitterness already. Yeah. You fucking loser. Uh, two, we can tell the tides are turning because more and more grown man niggas are exposing what fucking losers they are. We talked about this last week with the nigga who dropped, it, who, who dropped that girl off at the airport with no confirmation and no return flight because she wouldn't give him no pussy. We talked about this with that fucking moron Irv Gotti. Mm-hmm. Who got on Drink Champs and 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 whined and whined his heart out and remade Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River over fucking Ashanti and some shit that happened twenty years ago? Twenty years ago. When Fat Joe and Ja Rule jump up and tell you to shut the fuck up, <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. Even you know, Nori doesn't Nori doesn't really stop anybody when they're cooking. He's usually drunk anyway. Uh, also true. But even Nori, he was like, I mean, I'm, you know, I ain't mad about it. And Nori was like, oh, it sounds like you're mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we've seen these loser-ass niggas jumping up and telling on themselves and projecting their bullshit out into the world, which is exactly what the Samuelites want. Mm-hmm. They fucked you over in private. Why the fuck are you telling us? I, you know, and so we've seen a reversal in these women are leaving it. We, and, oh, and the Lori Harvey thing. Lori Harvey mm-hmm. was just talking to Tiana Taylor. First of all, Lori Harvey spoke. That's a huge deal. I actually heard a voice. Yeah. At some point this week, I think. It was, isn't it weird? She was talking about her abs, but I, 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 <laughs> it was still her voice. But Lori Harvey was talking to Tiana Taylor about how, um, she almost got married one time, and that completely rearranged, and however that ended, completely rearranged her thoughts on dating and just living life for her. Lori Harvey doesn't need to get married. Uh, also does not need to get and, married. And probably won't. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see her giving that up. Into, uh, uh, well, no, I, it doesn't matter when. I don't see her giving that up anytime soon. Maybe ever. I, I don't think. I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna get to be my age and realize that's just not something she wants. How old is she now? Lori Harvey's like, what, twenty four? Oh, she's still in the twenty. She's that young? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, Lori Harvey's young sh- as fuck. Why are niggas worried about who she's with then? Because niggas are niggas. She's still a baby. Because niggas are gossipy bitches. Yeah, uh, Randall's looking it up. I'm, I'm, but I am fairly certain she's probably not even twenty five. She's twenty five. Oh, she's exactly oh, twenty five. She got, she got at least another ten years before she's worried about any y'all. Uh, like, and and not only that, her roster is quite serious. Um, she could have any roster she wants. Also true. So and so, my thing is, men can't. One, these niggas can't handle the tables being turned. Because now, not only was Kevin Samuels wrong 
everything that he convinced these dumb niggas life was is like that for them. And that there are relationship standards and skills that they cannot keep up with. Now, the only thing I felt, now, now the only thing I took issue with in some conver- in some incarnations of this conversation is that it felt like a lot of the relationship standards were being relegated simply to capitalism. And I think that's part of the problem when we have these discussions is that we're not having as, and to, to the credit, there were more people speaking up about this. We're not having enough conversations about emotional intelligence. We're not having enough conversations about character. We're not having enough conversation about values. And it, it, it you know, it, it's always a surprise when you, when, when you got somebody that you're working on that you fucking with and you see them at the restaurant treating, treating the waiters like shit. Just for a small example, you know, it's always, you know, it's always, it's always a shocker when you out, when you out for a walk and some little kid bumps into you and, you know, you're part of it. Watch where the fuck you going, kid. Why are you cussing at that kid? Or just kind of what, especially with the social media issue of the week every week, hearing what your partner would do in those situations late in the game. There was some shit. There was some shit I found out about. Well, someone uh, that I have mentioned more than once on this podcast uh, that had me like, "Oh, I didn't know that about you." <laughs> and uh, so I was glad to hear when we talk about healthy relationship standards, there was more. Uh, there was a little bit more of an effort to talk about character and internal values and st- like that. Um, having said that, I don't feel bad for these niggas. Mm-hmm. The niggas that are salty about it, I don't feel bad. I, and, and it's not that I don't question my place as a single man right now in 2022, but I don't really have any aspirations to be married. So only I don't have these problems. And the niggas that do have take issue with this are just flailing because they're coming to grips with the reality of what it is out here. Well, we know that historically most relationship advice, if you want to call it that, has been skewed by the male gaze, so to speak. And, and to take this power away from men all of a sudden, um, you know, is, is, is very deflating, I would imagine. Oh, they so, hate it. So imagine being told that, um, you know, women don't have to choose you just because you choose them. Or anyone. Yeah, imagine being told that. Imagine, imagine seeing that women would rather be by themselves than be in a relationship at all and that they don't necessarily have to bend over for you just because you express an interest in them. So, I, you know, woe is me. Again, just there, to me, part of that is just men wanting people to feel pity for them because they don't get to have what they want when they want it. Boo fucking who. You literally, like, the world is set up, society is set up to where men get pretty much everything else. Yeah. I'm pretty sure women would would want to, would uh, gladly choose getting paid more or getting or getting paid equal to what a man gets paid than dick. Mm-hmm. 
I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, and there are things, and there are things we could we we could unpack later on, um, as more you know as as you know more questions arise. I guess because I have because I have questions in my head that probably haven't fully formulated. But as it stands right now, sucks for y'all. I'm cool with where I am, so I don't have a problem with it. Um, the women that I enter, the women that I entertain, if I entertain a woman, because I don't even go out. Uh, that's the other thing. That's why I don't go out of the house enough to date. <laughs> yeah, because we are literally being overlapped by two different pandemics. Like. I, that just occurred to me. I was like, Is monkeypox technically a, pand- a pandemic now? It's about to be. It's about to be. They're gonna treat it differently. They're all so not to not to deep dive there. Mm-hmm. They're really already treating it differently because the thing that we don't talk about in this country, monkeypox has been a thing in Africa. Mm-hmm. Monkeypox has been a thing in Africa, and at some point, we've had plenty of vaccine for monkeypox. That we let go to waste because it wasn't a thing here. And once again, this is us fucking the rest of the world over. There are people in Africa that would love some help with monkeypox vaccine. And it is all, even before it became a thing here, it's always been difficult for them to get it. There are regular outbreaks of monkeypox in Africa, in parts of Africa. And when things happen here or in one of the or in one of these major country in major continents and they get priority it only makes it that much harder for people in africa to get monkeypox cuz monkeypox is just a part of life in africa now mm-hmm. um so it's re- man i hate it and i think we're going to get a hold on it sooner than we did covid but it's a, right now does just the fear around it it's a lot of reaping what we sow. I, I hate to put it like that, but we've left a couple of these couple of these uh nations in bad shape mm-hmm. behind this bullshit. I'm just saying. Just something to think about. Um Song of the Week. I guess that's a <laughs> That's that was the perfect segue to go into the song of the week. Uh, more on monkeypox later. Let's get these let's get these songs off. Um, what am I gonna play for y'all today? I have not played Georgia Smith on this podcast. Mm, really, never. I have never played Georgia Smith on this podcast. That is a travesty. I, unconscionable, I say. Um, I wonder what Georgia Smith has been up to actually, other than being fine. Um, she was hiding during the pandemic. She was like, I, I, I don't blame her. I don't blame. Her. That's why all the good music's coming out now. Yeah, because uh, everybody was everybody was hiding. There, nobody knew what to do. Um, the internet very much said this pandemic kind of got us fucked up, and we we'd really rather be at home chilling than like risking life and limb to get y'all some good music. So we'll let y'all know. <laughs> Um, I'll take that Sid album for now. The Sid album was good. Uh, she got that joint with Smino. Yeah, it's been making the rounds. It's really good too. Um, 
I'm liking Smino more and more, by the way. I, I I didn't know how I felt about his his flow, but I like him okay. I haven't heard I haven't heard a feature with him on it that I didn't like. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So um Song of the Week is Georgia Smith, A Prince. I think I heard this first on uh Euphoria. Euphoria got some man, Euphoria got some good soundtrack for your ass. Yeah, not playing around either. Boy, shout out to Labyrinth. Um uh does a lot of key key stuff on that. I, man, these music supervisors got to be making hand over fist money. I think about that all the time. Raphael Sadiq going to be on uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yep. He was doing Insecure for a while. Yep. Michelle and Degacello does um, Queen Sugar. Um, always, I always got a good joint I found on Queen Sugar. Um, but this one, Georgia Smith, it's called A Prince. Uh, nice little, nice little slow jam to pour some, pour yourself something, get comfortable. We have a good podcast, and we'll be right back with more opinions while black. Let's go, let's go. Now trust me, but never trust women Yeah, they're perfect I'm a home stress with this skunk split When I know that you're out on the road being faithless Does it make sense? And my insecurities don't pay rent But they're living with me And this is a disease We live in a man's world So what you expect me to be now, now, now Whether it's the shit sex or this limp dick My reflection keeps telling me sick things You know that I'm ugly I hope that you want me I'll make sure you love me
And that was The Prince by Georgia Smith. That is a bop, I got to say. Can I excuse her absence now? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely feeling that. I was, you know, I, I hadn't listened to it in a while. And, um, yeah, I, it most unexpected rap breakdown I've ever heard in my life. But, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, a bop. Uh, that'll definitely go on one of my slow jam playlists. Speaking of playlists, um, available on Spotify or Apple is the Opinions While Black Featured Music playlist. Pretty much more or less every song uh, you hear on this podcast will be featured there, uh, updated weekly, ideally. Um, it's like 11 to 12 hours of music. It's a lot. It's a lot of music. It's a transcontinental flight. No one, no one else is doing that for you. You're welcome. Uh, it, pretty much anything uh, that you hear on this podcast, uh, anything, it, any kind of music that you could find yourself getting into, you'll hear it um, at some point on this show. Um, speaking of music, oh, we got to do R.I.P. Really? Uh, comedian Teddy Ray. Oh yeah, died at thirty two. Um, I was I was familiar with him. I was not familiar with his work. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I, I don't think there's been an autopsy yet. But uh, people are going to be making their assumptions. I, I already see it. Well, I mean, you know, he he, right. he, he may have had pre existing health issues that that contributed. Sure, you, you never know. Um, but you know, it, it's it's sad to see anyone at that age go. Regardless, <sighs> so young man. He, he was, you know, he was a, he was a funny kid. I say kid like he was that much. Right. Age. <laughs> he always looked like a kid though, which was kind of funny. He to me. did. Like, he like, looked very young. He looked like he didn't age over fourteen. Agreed. But uh, he was he was one of those guys that I, I think he was classified as a comedian, but I didn't really see him as a comedian. He he was always a nigga that you know that's funny. Like for us, that's Cosmos. Like absolutely, you just put Cosmos in the room and he's just naturally funny. And I think Teddy Ray was kind of the same way. I just I'll never forget. Oh man, I miss Cos. I just never forget. They were doing um, back when he was with uh, like when they were when they were rolling out the Hue mm-hmm. and they were doing. Uh, I think they were doing like a Fox Twenty Six interview <laughs> or something. <laughs> And what about Isaiah Carey? Oh God! And they were asking him like real serious questions, and <laughs> he was just, he was just coming up with the most ridiculous answers. Yeah. And uh, uh, shout out to CJ, grandfather clock. CJ was back there filming it on his phone, mm-hmm. and so he's listening to the answers, and he's like, "Well, you know, um, you know, there are times when if we have to, we will we will fast." We will we will we we will fast to get there creatively if we need to, and CJ's just in the back cracking up there like he's like oh god they don't know they don't know how cause is, yeah and it's that kind of funny yeah so yeah I, I it's it's something about when the comedians go yeah that's heartbreaking because there's such 
because they're, because it's like they're, it's their job to give joy and laughter, and depending on the circumstances, like with Jack Knight mm-hmm. or Robin Williams, even it was sad that nobody give that joy back to him, or well, that joy, or that there wasn't. A, I, I, you know, I'm not. He didn't harm himself. Yeah, but it's just it, it's just something about it that just makes it that much sadder. One of one of the crosses that comedians always bear though is that they take tragedy. And, and turn that tragedy or public commentary into into laughter. Right. So a lot of them have to absorb a lot of those things that, that we absorb. Right. Maybe even more because comedians tend to be very intuitive and, and, and tend to be observant and see a lot of things. Very true. So they, they process a lot of the tragedy that we don't, that we tend not to. And we, we have the, uh, the privilege of laughing at it. Right. Um, with that said, one of my favorite Teddy Ray moments was him, uh, there was a sketch on All Deaf Digital from years ago. Okay. And this was around the time that um, Bruce Jenner transitioned into Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, shit. And it was a sketch that they did about one of, those, one of their friends who, was, uh, who identified as transgender. Okay. And he was just talking about how, you know, all of us, obviously this was a sketch. Yeah. How, you know, once, once his homeboy started identifying as a woman, how all of a sudden he started looking fine to her, to him. God started looking damn. fine to him and saw him wearing some yoga pants, um, you know, coming out the yoga studio one yeah. day and just saw the ass first. It was like, man, I just, I just, I just, I just seen yellow yoga pants and I just, I was like, man, you out here double cheeked up <laughs> on a Thursday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Turn around, it was my nigga TT. Like, oh man! So it was uh, so double cheeked up is is one of my favorite quotes ever. And, and Teddy Ray is the one that uh, that that brought that into the lexicon. And you are right. That sounds like some shit. Cause was saying, <laughs> oh, oh, got them nice West Coast productions. <laughs> Dude, that is so stupid. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. Rest in power to Teddy Ray. Um. Definitely. Heart goes out to the family and friends. Um, man, just, we got to take care of ourselves, man. Take care of yourselves. Check on each other. Uh, we need each other, man. Um, now new music, um, new Megan album. Did not realize that there was was not, Randall was not aware of this and I'm from Houston. (laughs) Um, Megan Thee Stallion has a new album out. Traumazine. Um, that just sounds Houston. Yeah. It just sounds Houston. And I have to say, this 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 album is pretty Houston. Hmm. Uh there's a Southside Royalty freestyle uh with Sauce Walker, Big Pokey, and Lil' Kiki on it. Mm-hmm. That's about as Houston as you can motherfucking get. Uh, as a matter of fact, just for that, uh hit Megan with the air horns, please. Um I have to say, now, I I enjoyed the party turn up shit that Megan has done in the past, and there's a degree of that on this album as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say confidently that this I don't I don't consider this a party turn up album. This for for Megan's standards for what she does. This is her rapidity rap album. Is she still is she still talking about sitting on niggas' faces? Yes, but she's talking about more as well. Oh, okay. Um, 
I mean, and there are some sneak disses in there. The first song is called NDA. Would have had this bitch sign an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's some sneak disses in there. Of course, Plan B is on there. Um, uh, there's some it's some good features on here. Like I said, Lil Kiki, Big Pokey, Lotto's on here. Uh, Rico, Rico Nasty, Pooh Shiesty. Um, let me let me look. Uh, oh, Pressure Listers is on here with Future. Mm-hmm. I they they're telling a story now about how she had twenty two hundred fifty thousand in cash just dropped off at Future's door. Um, because his feature on there was so fire. I have not heard Future's part on Pressure Listers at all because I only hear the song on like reels and TikTok. Mm. Um, uh, Janae is on here. Oh, Lucky Day is on here. Oh yeah, that's right. Lucky Day is on here. I did. I forgot I got through a good chunk of this album, but not everything. Uh, last night on the rower. Um, humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah yeah. Your boy got four or five miles in on the rower, you know. Um, but. The thing I can say most confidently about this album is that even though I do like the party turn up shit she does, um, I wish I this is the kind of album I wish she would have led with. Mm-hmm. Because and not because I don't have an appreciation for the party shit, but a lot of the niggas out here try to re- not try not to give her her flowers and try to question her quality of rap. And this would put all that... Sh- if she had led with this first, we wouldn't be hearing any of that shit. And because she definitely showed off her flow and how she can ride the beat and what she does well in terms of just rapping. Because everybody forgets that when it was her turn with the freshman class, she wrecked all them niggas. Mm-hmm. And them other niggas, you couldn't understand a fucking thing they were talking about. And she was clearly the the outstanding thing on on the freshman class cipher. Everybody forgot about that shit. Everybody will be reminded upon upon listening to this album. Uh, she crashes shit. I I for me, I will give it eight out of ten. Very impressive. Wow. Okay. Very impressive. Let me see what these videos look like. <laughs> yeah. I think there's there's a pressure licious video. Um. What else came out for new music? Um, oh, uh, DJ Danger Mouse and Black Thought. Rappity rap. Rappity rap. Try not to spend too long on this and draw all the pussy up. Um, <laughs> Black Thought. <laughs> Black Thought and Danger Mouse. First of all. That duo alone drives the pussy up. Let's 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 start there. <laughs> um, hey, Danger Mouse produced "Crazy" featuring uh, CeeLo Green. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I, I forgot all about Narls Barkley, fam. Narls Barkley is some shit I have not played on this podcast. Narls Barkley was my shit at the time. Yeah. Uh, Saint Elsewhere, uh, the the other album, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but 
Danger Mouse and Black Thought, it's hard to kind of review a Black Thought project because Black Thought is at such a level of excellence. It You're not going to have any real notes. And Danger Mouse, Danger Mouse's production is also on such a level at this point. Because mm-hmm. um, I... It, I had to I had to remember how long Danger Mouse has been in the game. Like I remember when he did his version of yeah. the Black Album. Yeah. Oh man, I, I'm gonna yeah. go back and listen to the Gray Album. Yeah. Um, and his mixtapes, I think he has like a Star Wars themed thing. Maybe that's not him. I gotta think about it. But, um, this is at such a level of production, it's hard to be like. Oh well, this is a nine point five where Black Thought's usually a ten. No, Black Thought's Black Thought. As far as these past projects where he just decides he's going to work with a different producer every time, mm-hmm. he has not missed. I've never. I have. I can't remember the last. I me hearing a Black Thought verse and being like, eh, keep that shit. He crashes shit. And it's twelve yeah. songs. Which is just the right amount of rapidly rap, just right, and I just right, I, and the, I've got a perspective on that being just the right amount of rapidly rap, knowing now that the game has like forty fucking songs on his album or something, and nobody cares, and no one gives a shit, not a single person, and anyone who does is a fucking liar. Tell me two legendary game lines. You can't. You cannot. I, maybe it's just because I don't give a shit about the game and never have. Give me a good burst by the game and one that he is not name dropping somebody in. Oh, oh, I'll wait. Oh, that's a challenge. I'll wait. That's a, I ain't taking that challenge. Y'all can have that challenge. Um, I just don't give a shit about the game. I don't. And, like, I've never had. I, and, and, and looking back on it, I don't think I ever have. The most I've ever given a shit about the game. Was he on Hate It or Love It? Was that him? Yeah, that was his song. I like Hate that or beat. Or was it or was it 50 song? No, it was probably a game, it was game. But again, that's a testament. Because nobody features the game. The game features. <laughs> <laughs> the game has people on his shit. Like, and I just liked that beat. And that's me saying that's me speaking highly of anything Fifty Cent's involved in. Mm. I just like that beat. I can't tell you a damn thing he said on that song, not one. And now you want to give me forty plus songs of that shit? No, nah, bro, that's too much rapidy rap. Mm-mm. You and and that and and maybe that's him thinking a little too much of himself in terms of rapidy rap. That's some shit I would put up with from like Immortal Technique. I mean, I wouldn't listen to forty songs of Immortal Technique either. But anybody got time for that? <laughs> Nobody. I don't have time to 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 break that calculus down. Um, but I and I even understand that people are trying to beat the streaming game because this is you know this is Chris Brown's bread and butter. Is slapping forty songs on a project and letting you decide. Don't but really good if people only listen to it once. Also true. Also true. 
if somebody like it like like if there was somebody I like like if the foreign exchange put out forty songs and told me to pick to just pick basically because that's what they're telling you mm-hmm. pick what you like out of this out of this project and just and just jam that there will be something here for everyone something I would go with that because the foreign exchange does a lot of things and goes a lot of places creatively so they've earned the right. To just give us a pick and choose album. Chris Brown, his reputation keeps him from earning the right to give us a pick and choose album. But, and to his credit, Chris Brown does a lot of things creatively. Yeah. His reputation and him being a fuck nigga kind of will always prevent people from partaking in that pick or choose. Uh, he did that to himself. The game, no. No, I don't want that. He'd be lucky, as it is with a regular album, he's lucky if I pick one song. I can name one song I've jammed from the game in 10 years, and that is um, a few years ago he sampled, uh, maybe one or two years ago he sampled, uh, Gotta Get You Home With Me Tonight. You know, the game is never... He is never the best person on his own song. And he wasn't on that song. Yeah, and that, and that that's disturbing. Like, he's never <laughs> the best person on anything that he's on. And, and he, he has not earned the right to sample that song. Because, again, he was not even the... He was not an interesting element of that song. Whoever the... I think it was Jeremiah. Whoever the, the featured... R&B person was was the interesting I've part. I've always hated Jeremiah's name. <laughs> His parents couldn't give him one more syllable to make that shit fully biblical. <laughs> nah, I'm trying to be different. He ain't, he's not Jeremiah. Yeah, he's Jeremiah. You know, Stephen Colbert calls him Jeremiah. <laughs> I mean. Oh, man, that's funny. Um, oh, it, this has nothing to do with anything, and I'll probably play it one day on a Patreon for you. Are you ready to feel old? All I had to do was wake up. <laughs> Puff, his son, yeah, King Combs. Stupid name. Go for it. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's his real name. I think his name is Christian. Don't but matter. That's <laughs> even dumber. Like you chose to go by King Combs. Stupid ass. Oh, um, sorry. King Combs. But I know who you're talking about. He looks just like his old man. He does. He looks exactly like that nigga. Um, the one that's not Albie Shur's son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it. Um, because it's true. He has a song with Kodak Black where they sample Crush on You. Now, I wanted to turn it off. You could have. I and I I really could have, but it slaps, dog. Like it's like I have to admit, it slaps. And it is it as good as the OG Crush on You? No, of course not. Did they sample Crush on You, or did they sample what Crush on You sampled? It's more of a Crush on You sample. Uh, I have to admit, it's more of a Crush on You sample, and they put kind of a bounce, kind of a bounce drum on it. Prince said this day would come. <laughs> Prince told us in the 90s sample we get to the point 
where people start sampling the sample. Sampling the sample. And now we just we just human centipede this music <laughs> all the way down to where Oz is talking about. There's a song featuring Kodak Black <laughs> that slaps. The man who delights in molesting his mother is on a song that slaps. Rest in peace, Prince. Oh, man. The North Side killed Prince. Never forget. Oh, my bad. No, the North Side killed Michael Jackson. I forgot. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, y'all know it's true. Oh, man. The South remembers. My mom grew up with that young man in Acres Home. Uh, oh, that was that was a hard conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Hard conversation with my mother is that she still doesn't believe that Luther Vandross is gay. Oh, shit. <laughs> How did we get here? Oh, that's rough. <laughs> no, that's no, she, no, she's in genuine denial, too. That deserves their time. That's rough. Well, my mom is in denial. She just says, that's rude. <laughs> but it's true. It's very true. Like, if you've ever grown up with a sneaking suspicion about the North Side, just remind them the North Side killed the greatest entertainer ever. Oh, shit. <laughs> Who may have touched little kids, but that's okay. Oh, no, no, not, not getting an ether for that one. Um, Yeah, man. I, yeah, that deserved airtime, actually. Um, <clears throat> Shout out to Black Thought and Danger Mouse, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was good shit. <laughs> um, even, I, you know what? I'm going to, fuck it. Shout out to King Combs. Not giving Kodak Black any flowers, but. I mean, but you can't. Without, <laughs> you can't avoid it. You've already put it out there. <laughs> Oh, uh, what else is happening? Oh, uh, poor 21 Savage. 21 Savage is getting dragged on Twitter, or was getting dragged on Twitter. Um, He was having a real moment, I think it was on live, about the gun violence in Atlanta. How the gun violence in Atlanta has gotten a little out of control. Um, And basically saying, y'all niggas need to chill. Now, to start... 21 Savage is not wrong. Everybody I know in and around Atlanta is like, this shit getting crazy. And I'm only used to hearing this shit getting crazy when we talk about Houston. Because this shit getting fucking crazy in Houston. To just be completely honest. But we have open carry here in Texas, so we we need not be surprised. Please vote. Please get Greg Abbott the fuck out of Dodge. Sounds to me like 21 Savage just needs to make a song about um, giving more guns to the good guys. And that'll, <laughs> that'll <resolve laughs> Giving the good guys a gun. Um, and Twitter dragged him because, again, he is not wrong. But Twitter was like, yeah, but isn't that your entire bread and butter? Rapping about gun violence? Right. I, I mean, like, so... I'm going to let you get your shit off first because I have mixed feelings about, I'm about this. To, I'm about to sound like a sellout. But it, it's, a, it's a tale as old as time itself. Like, you, you rap about shit, you glorify the shit, you profit off of it, and then all of a sudden you, you have the audacity to try to criticize the thing that you glorify. I, I just While you were talking, I just pulled up, I just wanted to pull up a random song by 21 Savage okay. to see if he references any guns in his lyrics. He has a song called Gunsmoke, and I quote, <laughs> Gunsmoke, 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 21. 
One man army from the get go. One man army pulling kick those. Talking out your neck, get you tag toed. I'm a killer whale. You a tadpole. Nigga, you got asthma. You don't want smoke. Who want cancer? I'm giving out smoke. I got too many bitches. I can't trip, bro. Yeah, AK, make your brother do the limbo. Like he, you know, it, it's a glorification. Oh even if it's just, even if it's just, you know, just some swagger type shit. It's a glorification <sighs> of gun violence. And, and you know, I put my Glock down. That's a no no. When I wear, when I wear my suit, I tote my fofo. You know, started with a deuce, deuce, turned it to a thirty eight. Then I got a Glock nine, turned it to an AK. First I was a leg shooter. Now I'm hitting chest face. She didn't caught a rug burn. Give that girl a neck brace. Like, oh what's funny about niggas is that they will rap about they will rap about guns, and when they can't find a a, a, a line to rhyme with it, they just talk about a, a woman sucking dick at the end of the bar. <laughs> just like <laughs> be the, consistent. It, it, I call that the Biggie method. Yeah. So, it, so that's my thing. Like, don't glorify the shit, and then try to come back like, oh, we have a problem with gun violence. And then they, then a lot of them say that dumb shit about, well, when I rap about shooting a nigga in the head, I'm just bringing awareness to, to the screech, you know, to the situation, to the way it is. No, you're not. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like it's dumb ass Like down. it's a telethon. <laughs> like, don't listen to any nigga with, with face tattoos. <laughs> Except Mike Tyson. <laughs> the Honorable Mike Tyson. You know Drake just got a face tattoo, right? Again. Don't listen to a nigga with face tattoos. Baby. 21. <laughs> um, Straight up. So, I have mixed feelings. 21. And the reason I have mixed feelings is because, to be honest with you, so, if it's just a matter of 21 Savage needs to shut the fuck up. 21, 21. <laughs> oh, you're going to get these 21 ad <laughs> If it's just a matter of him needing to shut the fuck up, then maybe. Straight up. But I guess my problem is I'm always I'm I'm looking forward and my question is what is the solution? Because if we want if we want we we get on this pedestal about talking down on toxicity in these songs. Mm-hmm. And we get on these pedestals. Now I'm and I'm not and I am not defending any of these people. I'm not defending like Rick Ross talking about he ain't, e- she ain't even know it or whatever. I'm not, yeah, the, the, mm. I call it the date rape song. I do. Yeah. I'm not advocating that. But I also always think about the alternative. And yes, I'm an 80s, 90s nigga. So you're about to hear about Demolition Man. <laughs> I I always kind of ask myself what future we want. And yes. One, I'm always one, I'm always skeptical as to whether or not the music is directly impacting the the shit that niggas do. Because I've yet to hear a confession yeah. from one of these niggas saying I robbed a nigga because Jay-Z told me to do it. No, that nigga robbed a nigga to survive. Potentially. Or he robbed a nigga because he's a piece of shit. Or he robbed a nigga because he's a terrible fucking person. Right. And I don't think, like, because do we do this with white people? Do we ask what Hitler was listening to? Did we ask what the Unabomber was listening to? Does anyone, can anyone tell us that? 
But when it's niggas, we always we always look at, oh, they must have been a part of that culture. So I always wonder, is are we solving the problem when we talk about the when we talk about the content? Because there's just as much murder and violence and drugs in white popular culture, but nobody's shouting down Game of Thrones. Nobody's shouting down Breaking Bad. And so right away, first of all, I question if the content is even the problem. No, it, it's not. What is the problem is this, or one of the problems. And, and one of the things that I tell the people that I work with, I'm, I'm not going to tell you where I work, but I'm an IT manager. So I, sure. have, I do have people that report to me. Sure. And one of the things that always happens is that people will come to me and say, hey, there's a problem with this. First thing that I always ask them is, okay, what do you suggest as a solution? That is that, and that's the, that's the problem that I have with people that bring awareness to things right. and make a big fuss about things. Like, take that extra step and give us a, give and us a suggestion for a solution. Because for someone like Twenty One Savage, sure, thank you for pointing out the obvious that there is a gun problem in Atlanta. What do you think we should do about it? Because if I go by what you've put out there. Your solution is to upgrade from a 22 to a 38 and then to an AK and yeah. then give a bitch a neck brace because she's been on her knees all day. Yeah. So I have people on my team at work that constantly complain about things that happen. And then I go, okay, if you were in a position to fix this, what would you do? And more often than not, they go, I don't know. Okay, then shut the fuck up. It's only a problem if there's a solution. And if it's, there's no solution, there's no clear-cut solution, then it's just the way it is. It's why I don't give to charities whose sole purpose is to bring awareness to things. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, there's that, there's that fine line like, hey, I'm raising money to bring awareness to shit. Well, I mean, you can just tell me about it. You don't need to raise money to tell me that some shit exists. Right. What are you actually doing about it? And, and the other thing I, I always question is, are we okay with the alternative? Because... If people get on their high horse about this content, but I'm telling you, if all the 21 savages, 21. if all the um, the all the drill rappers, Brr. all the Gucci's, um, if all them niggas went away tomorrow, I wouldn't notice. And all we were left with, because I'm going to tell you, my top, not my top rappers, but my favorite rappers as far as entertainment value to listen to. Um, probably let's see Kendrick Drake uh, Fonte and Common when he's good I consider Common like the Knicks now I like him when he's good <laughs> you haven't liked him in a while <laughs> um, but for that if I love those and I love those artists, but if I was left with just that to choose from, I'd be miserable and you motherfuckers know you would be miserable too. Oh yeah. And this is where I come in. I was talking about this over on Patreon. We have to we have to take our culpability into account too. We like toxicity. Absolutely. We love to man, I love it good and toxic. And you know how I know I love it toxic? 
All my fa- all my favorite niggas in R and B right now are toxic as fuck. Janae, yes. Summer Walker, <laughs> yes. Kaylani, go for it. Kaylani fine as fuck, dog. Like, did you? See- well, no, I will talk about that later. But she was in a concert recently. She was looking mad good. Everybody been talking about that on Twitter. Go, and- ahead, go ahead and throw it, Ari. Ari Lennox, even the fam. I was about to get on a rant about toxicity. So Division had dropped a new joint recently. Um, uh, you can feel however you want to feel about it. It's a little divisive. Have you heard the uh, If I Got Caught Cheating? Mm-mm. Oh, this was a big deal. Okay. We didn't talk about this in the rundown. So um, they they this is a couple of weeks ago. They dropped their new song. And it is toxic as fuck. It's not their usual shit. If I get if I get caught cheating, that don't mean that that doesn't mean I don't love you. Wait, who is this again? Division. Okay. And uh, the video was a, was a big rollout because Maul was in it, Jermaine Dupri was in it, um, uh, the girls from Poor Minds were in it. Jesus, they fine. Um, and it was and it was a whole story. It was another. They brought back videos with stories. <laughs> And it was it was toxic as fuck. It was exactly what it sounds like. If I get caught cheating, that don't mean I don't love you. And it was divisive as fuck on social media. Mm. And opening scene is a nigga with a with a vest and a white beater on yeah. <laughs> looking like a swole Amari Hardwick. And the people that are actually familiar with Division were a little disappointed, not really because of the quality of the song, but because um the um it's not their usual content. Yeah, when you said division made it, I was like, they make stuff like that. It, this is I, it. It is a first in my book. Um, and I was listening to who's what's the name of the girl from uh, for for Harriet? I guess I don't know. I just saw a woman slap a dude and then him f- still force a kiss upon her. Oh God! Wait, yeah. wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just read the captions of the Negroes in this in this video. Yeah, Maul is in that motherfucker. Uh, you have the cast of characters includes. Damn it! I accidentally hit rewind. Uh, this is oh, it's a oh yeah, and yeah. I'm watching it on mute. It's one of them. If I get caught, starring Daniel, the faithful black man, oh, Maul, the ain't shit best friend. Yep. Oh man, this is yeah. And uh, it's it, Dre and Nicole walks around in shorts a lot in that video. So, um, but like, and I was, what's the girl's name from For Harriet, the 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 content creator girl, Kimberly Nicole Foster. Um, I followed her for quite a bit, and I have to say her content is a little angrier than usual. But she went off on a fucking tangent. About how R&B niggas nowadays don't grow up and all they do is talk about this toxic shit. And I think we're remembering R&B with rose-colored glasses. Like, we love, not only do we love toxicity now, we've always loved toxicity. Like Jasmine Sullivan busted the windows out of a nigga's car for cheating. I could go back to Teddy Pendergrass <laughs> and be like, for his time. Toxic as fuck. Marvin Gaye. 
real life toxic. Yeah, real life. To- and then what do you? What the fuck do you think here, my dear? Was hey the whole concept? Yes, of here, my dear, was toxicity. Me and Mrs. Jones. I tell you, these niggas ain't shit. None of them. All types of women in his phone, girl. Yeah, let me uh, let me not. Drea and Lex. Let me look they're at worth, this later. They're, yeah, they're worth looking up on Instagram. <laughs> um, fam, <laughs> me and Mrs. Jones is the height of R&B toxicity. Yeah. That's a nigga fucking with a married woman. What the fuck are y'all talking about? Like, I, I don't understand... How we pick and choose when to get on this high horse about the quality of R and B. Brian McKnight hit. Did Brian McKnight hit his ex wife? The last I heard from Brian McKnight, he had a he was singing a song called "Let Me Show You How Your Pussy Works." Fam. Not only that, they they were in Brian. They were on Brian McKnight's ass, dog. So on his Wikipedia. When you know they they always show what your your spouse and your kids. Mm-hmm. So Brian McKnight, his Wikipedia features the new spouse and the new kids with that spouse, but not the old kids. Well, I mean, and they were on his ass, dog. They were on his. I ass. can guarantee you, he did not write the Wikipedia article. I mean, also true, <laughs> uh, also true, and fair. But yeah, they were they were having fun with that shit. But Brian McKnight, everything about Brian didn't one. I think Brian McKnight had a domestic uh, a domestic charge, something like that on the le- on the first wife. Shit, he only became a musician because he got kicked out of college because he was because he he got uh, he got three strikes because he was in the girls' dorm fucking. What the fuck are y'all talking about? New Edition is the height of toxicity. <laughs> Bell Biv DeVoe. Backstage, underage. What the fuck are y'all saying to me? Adolescent. How you doing? We love toxicity uh, because we only hit on the toxicity until after the fact. Niggas didn't start talking about backstage, underage until two years ago. Like to do the wild thing. Cutie. <laughs> In the jacuzzi. Ooh, that booty. Smack it up, flip it, rub it down. Oh, oh no. no. Wow. It starts off with backstage underage and it ends up with smack it, flip it, rub it down. Oh no. Oh shit. And then y'all want to talk about how, how RB niggas now are emotionally stunted? Get the fuck. And you're not wrong about now. But let's not let's not be on our high horse as if we haven't been jamming this shit all our lives. They just had more bass in their voice back then when they were emotionally <laughs> And it was right, Chris Brown out here singing through his nose. But fam, y'all got to get it together. And the the whole point I'm making is that we get on this high horse about toxicity, and we get on this high horse about what's corrosive to the community and what isn't, but. If all the toxic shit completely left our content, we would be bored as fuck. And there'd be Mm -hmm. somebody on SoundCloud waiting in the wings to grace us with some toxic shit as a breath of fresh air. And we would welcome him with open arms. Toxic shit is the most like, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. Toxicity is fun. 
You know, don't don't act like Beyonce's album. Her new album got plenty of shit on there oh. that you know your 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 clean Christian ears should not be listening to. <laughs> I can't even listen to Beyonce with my mom in the car. You know, I was gonna say so yep. shit. Since I'm telling you, I'm telling you since since Beyonce got bigger titties, she been on a tear. Since Beyonce got that post pregnant body, she been out here and ain't looked back. She's your queen. Like, like we have seen, a, we have seen a different side of Hove. You know, there's that. There, I've seen no side of Hove. Well, recently. that too. But you know, there's that meme that goes because she has that line. It must be the cash, but because it, it ain't your face. Yeah. Hove, you know, Hove feel a way about that. Yeah. He was can't, like, it was. It must be the what, bitch? He can't. He, he can't do shit about you. You right, babe. You right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad at least my money can make you happy. Um, and so, so if somebody makes a song called "Don't Be Mad Just Because I Cheated," y'all just y'all gotta chill out. Just drink and enjoy it, I, shit. <laughs> shit, and hope it doesn't happen to you. And the same <laughs> niggas who are complaining about it are the same ones who are like, "This is also catchy as fuck." I'll, I'll show it to you on the break. It's it's it's, it's wild. Um, what else we got? Oh, as a follow up, because we that that tweet happened while we were on air last week. Angela Yee is leaving the Breakfast Club. Oh, so the least interesting member of the Breakfast Club and, is leaving. And, and so now you again, you don't really Twitter like that, but this week Twitter it was reacted kind of oddly to me because Angela Yee is leaving, and Angela Yee, by the way, is leaving to do her own solo shit. Like she's got solo things already. She had solo things before the Breakfast Club. And she's getting a syndicated show. Realistically, though, she's also the least annoying member of the Breakfast Club for me as well. I was just so I, that was just what I was about to get into. So it was so strange that people decided that this was the end of the Breakfast Club, but on the back of the person that people pretty, pretty much you almost unanimously consider the least of the three, and. You it, it, it just segued into people being like, "Oh, remember the, it, it?" Basically, a series of times that a guest uh, almost whooped Charlemagne's ass. Um, which which one? I, it was a few. Like, there's a few I didn't know about. Fredro Starr almost whooped uh, Charlemagne's ass. You, That's an old school ass whooping. You could throw a dart at a phone book, and and <laughs> probably land on someone that wanted to whip his ass. Um. Tory Lanez almost didn't whoop the cameraman's ass. Um, <laughs> we never have to worry about Tory Lanez whooping anybody's ass. <laughs> That's just an empty threat. We've seen his hands or lack thereof. <laughs> um, basically, because they were the cameraman was about to close up on his on the ball spot on top of his head. Because <laughs> Charlamagne was like, Kevin, can we get a close up? He's like, Kevin, I'm gonna knock you the fuck out. You better stay over there. <laughs> and if I'm Kevin, I'm zooming in. I like, please. Please, you about to zoom in and getting your ass laid out. Um, my, now I, I am sad that all this talk about the Breakfast Club ending came uh, after Jesus and Mero broke up. Because <laughs> like, we we need a whole episode dedicated to that. Yeah. Um. Uh, turnabout is fair play, but so. I always thought I so I thought it was weird. I've always thought it was weird that Angela Yee got the brunt of the bullshit sometimes when 
Envy and Charlemagne were on their fuck shit because they felt like she was enabling. And she has had her hand in some of the fuck shit from time to time. But she's also been on the receiving end mm-hmm. of a good amount of fuck shit. I remember there was a whole time when Gucci Mane was just trying to convince us that he had fucked her. And Charlemagne not only stayed out of it, but then did a whole interview with him. Indicating that he didn't give a fuck. Charlemagne ain't shit. Charlemagne ain't worth a damn. Um, and to be honest with you, I have never minded Angela Yee only because everybody said, oh, she sounded this way or that way. To me, she sounded like the most professionally trained person on there. And because people aren't used to that in this day and age, yeah. and we have so many, because so many people that are cult- that are leaders in the podcast culture just sound like loudmouth dickheads with microphones. Yeah, She didn't have the toxicity of, of, of Charlemagne. Charlemagne. And also, she didn't come on the show with the dumbassery of a DJ Envy who, Correct. You know, if you just listen to him talk about the stories with him and his wife, you already know how much of an idiot he is. And she sounds like a professional. And she tries to. And tries to. Given that, with what she has to work with. And that's usually the that's usually the burden that the woman element of these like morning zoo type podcasts usually has to bear. And and so I never had a problem with Angela Yee, and I kind of wish her well, to be honest with you. Now, having said all that, The Breakfast Club doesn't seem to be breaking up yet completely, but those motherfuckers do seem sick of each other. Very specifically, they both, Envy and Angela both seem sick of Charlemagne. They genuinely. That, that's not difficult. If you look hard enough, I, 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 did, I went down the rabbit hole. If you look hard enough... There is a there is a, a some footage where Charlemagne was just trolling Angela Yee, and she looked completely sick of his shit, and turned around and called him a little beige bitch. <laughs> There's a lot of ongoing like jokery about how Charlemagne bleaches. Zelia Banks came on and just read him his fucking rights yeah. about bleaching, and it called him a little ba- little, little beige boy. Um, <laughs> I I've never heard Angela you talk. She literally looked him in the in the face and was like, "You little beige bitch," and closed the door on him. Damn. <laughs> it, it's real when you get the door slam off. That's when the real. That's when that that's when you've really just put it on their forehead. So gratifying it is because we because we live in an era now where we can't just slam the phone down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We used, used to be able to slam the phone. Fuck. <laughs> now you just press that button hard. Just, if you're, you know, if you're in a well carpeted house, you you drop the phone a nah. little bit or whatever. But not not you iPhone niggas. Yeah. Well, no, I ain't <laughs> dropping my shit. <laughs> See, my shit's already cracked on the back. Oh no! The day that I was going to, the day before I was going to trade it in to get an upgrade, I dropped this shit and landed right on the corner, and I was like, damn. damn. I don't understand Well I'm not going to get into the mechanics of iPhones Because I don't know Um, Oh congratulations to Kenan Thompson Yep Kenan Thompson got a star on the walk of fame There we go Hit him with the air horns Um, Long overdue Long overdue much deserved Good job Uh, been, Been very consistent in this business for quite some time 
uh, I remember the days of Keenan and Kel. You were maybe you were a little older for no, that. No, no, I remember the days Kenan of all Kel. that. As an adult, I used to watch all that, all that, and Keenan and Kel. Like Keenan and Kel to me was like a legit. It wasn't like a Nickelodeon sitcom to me. It was like a legit sitcom, sitcom. to me at the time. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really liked that. Um, all that. I will say this, and some of all that is still funny, but top five theme song. Oh yeah, top five theme song. Theme song, sorry. Yeah, very much so. Shout out to TLC. Um, and now he is the longest tenured SNL cast member ever. Really? Yeah, he, he's been at SNL longer than any other person besides Lauren Michaels. Oh, boy. And he uh, he reached that milestone like two years ago. Damn. Hit, hit, him, yeah. with the, hit him with the... So it's been time for him to go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he, I, I think he said, I think he's basically riding it out because he says after, supposedly, maybe after season 50, they're done. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's see. Did I have anything else? I had a couple. No, we're not talking about Frank Ocean's $25,000 cock ring. Why would anyone be talking about that? <laughs> that that's, what, that's what amazes me about... <laughs> Life is like. Why do we even know that Frank Ocean has one? Well, no, it's it's he's it's something that he would sell. It's a it's a pure gold twenty five thousand dollar cock ring. Yeah, I decline comment. It it's it's another episode of Frank Ocean will never do music again. <laughs> that's that's what it is. At some point, at some point, if you realize that your favorite musician is not releasing music again. Just just stop fucking with him. <laughs> just listen to the old shit and stop giving a, a shit about him making anything new. That's how I am, man. I just I just ride I just ride out Channel Orange. That was what blonde. ten years ago. Yeah, just, yeah. He ain't. I just ride out Channel Orange and just call it a day, man. I you know I had to tell a couple of my friends like y'all stop stop asking about an Outcast reunion. Like just <laughs> it's been twenty years. It's y'all. over. Dog. Just just stop. Um. <laughs> God damn. First the fat boys break up. Like, just stop, <laughs> You know, oh, man. Yeah, no. Frank, good luck to Frank Ocean and his $25,000 cock ring. It doesn't even look comfortable, man. Oh, boy. Um, I declined comment. <laughs> you and your family demand privacy. We just, we have, as, as, as modern people, we just have too much time. <laughs> To ingest stupid shit, like we, I remember back in the, I, just having a, I was just having this conversation at work the other day, because um, I, I don't know if anyone saw my rare Instagram post. I posted like people have digital addiction. Like there were there were two instances that day where I went to the restroom at work. Okay, and both times the person in the urinal next to me was checking their phone while they were pissing, and I'm like, is it that serious? Do we have to feel every do we have to feel every quiet moment with looking at a screen? Cause I guarantee what you're looking at is not important enough not for you to drop your shit in the urinal. I'm saying this as I'm looking at my phone, but I'm looking for the listener letters. Right. And that's and that's acceptable. But like the fact that we even know that Frank Ocean is selling a cock ring for twenty five thousand dollars, <laughs> like, bro, that that's time you could have spent doing meditation. 
Remember, we used to wait in waiting rooms. You have to. You had to read books and magazines. You did. Shit? You did. Like, those, those magazines still exist. Here's how that conversation came up. Um, my nieces and nephew were at my parents' house. My sister and them one day, and the entire time that they were there, my oldest niece was just looking. She was just looking on her phone. Everybody else is talking. She was just looking on her phone, and in every quiet moment, everyone kind of picked up their phone, looked at it for a couple minutes, and then got back to talking again. And it made me realize, like, what were we doing back in the day during family gatherings when you had those awkward moments of silence? Sometimes you would pick up a magazine. Sometimes you would just go outside. But, yeah, this is we 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 have too much access to too much unnecessary information. We are we are highly stimulated. It's true. Um, That's why we have relationship problems, y'all, because uh, we, we have to feel every waking moment. With some type of unnecessary information. It's one of the many reasons we have relationship problems, yes. I'm, I'm having to switch over to the Opinions While Black account because clearly, I'm speaking of overstimulation, uh, Chloe Bailey is Chloe Baileying again. Is she looking for attention? Uh, she found it. Okay. <laughs> She's she, uh, looking. She succeeded. Gun is still in jail? <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> Um, we can yeah, that's a we can go ahead and put a pin in and take a break. We'll be back with more foolishness and fuckery. You're listening to Sober Conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Mm. Pour up. Come on, clap, white people. Sir, I would have told him to unlock it. Right. That's your phone? Unlock it. <laughs> unlock it right here. Oh, man. Niggas, you got to have a game plan. Uh, <laughs> and we are back. We are black. We are opinionated. And uh, we're having a good time on a Sunday evening. Oh, boy. Uh, he just, it, Randall just got to look at the if I get caught cheating division video. Uh, Y'all got to stop cheating on fine girls. First of all, that was the first implausible part of this. Who the fuck is cheating on Dre and Nicole? Who? Cheat on the ugly. uh, Let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) Toxicity. (laughs) Toxicity. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) No, not letting that one ride. (laughs) Oh, shit. They even characterize they even characterize her as the jumping to conclusions girlfriend. Oh man! Oh boy! Just because she saw the truth, drew all on that man's Jordans. Oh, he's gonna be mad about oh, those. weren't even cold Jordans though. <laughs> so. They 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 knew which ones to use as prop Jordans. Oh man, you, you see, you should be so glad you're on social media. Bevan was talking cash shit about Jays, man. She was like, "All Jays, I don't understand Jays or niggers who wear them. They're hideous." Mm. They're hideous. It's just a oh, just an abomination. And I was like, oh man, I ain't never worn none of them hoes. I probably never will wear any of them hoes uh, unless unless they're the Space Jams. Uh, but that's a little cold because some of the it's, it's it's a couple of fly ones in there. Like that that that's, that sounds like some trauma. <laughs> words, I'm, I'm not, going to, not going to comment on that. Oh man. Um. 
It is time for white people must be stopped. Already. This is why I don't fuck with white people. White people are on one, dog. Like, it, we're at a point where every week now there's an Ezra Miller sighting. Like, now this thing is just uh, driving up and down. Just He's just driving across America with a vest and with a vest and a rifle. Like you can do that when you're white. You well, so here's the thing. In most ca- yes, you can. The other side of this is this is why DC is in last place right now, and gonna be in last place. This is why I have no confidence in their ten year plan, because they because they put up with too much fuck shit. Even when Justice League first dropped, it seemed like every week, with the exception of Ray Fisher. Each one of the Justice League people was in some fuck shit in real life. Yeah. And say what you want about Marvel. But if that were Kevin, Ezra Miller would be not only out on his ass, they'd have replaced him with Grant Gustin so fast and just <laughs> and just not said a word about it. Mm-hmm. You'd have thought he just fucked with the multiverse, and that was just that. Yeah. That would just... That does not happen on Kevin's watch. Hell, when Letitia Wright was slightly out of, well, not even slightly, when she initially just gotten out of pocket. They got her to fuck together. You didn't hear from her for two years. Next next time you heard from her, she was on the stage at Comic-Con. <laughs> being humbled <laughs> by her participation in the project. Got all the way the fuck together. You can tell when somebody who ain't, who ain't about that bullshit is on set. Um they had that issue. Um, I don't watch Empire, but uh, Nia Long was on there for a minute. Mm. And whatever her guest role was, Nia Long apparently at some point on set was wilding the fuck out um, with somebody on set and about her script, about something. And everybody said Taraji P. Henson pulled her to the side very quickly and told her to get her shit the fuck together. And they never heard a peep out of her again. Mm. Well, apparently one of Ezra the many reasons I love Taraji P. Ezra Miller apparently doesn't have anyone like that. In his he life. does not. He does not. Because the only black person, because you know, because you know, on uh, with when Letitia Wright started fucking up, Don Cheetah was like, "Hey, fam, yeah, you fumbling the bag, dog. You about to Terrence Howard this shit, right? <laughs> Ain't nobody like that it, with it, Ray Fisher is Ray Fisher already told them people to go fuck himself. Yeah. Um. And so um, he's wilding out, and he's just, at this point, he can just be labeled a fucking menace. Um, Let's see, who else? Army Hammer is a fucking menace. I just read where all of his exes, I don't know who interviews these people, but all his exes apparently in unison all said that all he wanted to talk about when they were fucking was cannibalism. Okay. The other side of that is, and you kept fucking him. Anybody who's talking about it like that, I feel like they're ready to experiment. Just, just going to have to get up. Don't be around for that. I saw American Psycho. Yeah, no. Army Hammer's a weird dude. Uh, that's what them... You ain't never had to really work for shit. People just eat the shit you say because, you know, he's the heir to the Arm and Hammer throne. Good for him. 
like like his his literal name is Armin Hammer yeah. the fifteenth or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When you when you live that kind of heir, heir to the throne life, eh, you ain't never had to watch what you say, and he never will. If we're just being honest, um, what was the other thing? Oh, did you see Brianna Taylor's killers are in some more bullshit? Because now it turns out they faked they mm-hmm. they faked the search warrants. That is correct to make that a lawful raid on that girl's on that girl's apartment. That is correct. Um, and also one of the cops. It turns out one of the cops actually shot from the back of the house, which is what prompted the boyfriend to begin shooting. Which oh, goes, shit. which goes against their initial claim that he fired first. So yeah, they, it, it's about to go down finally. So nothing about it was righteous. Nothing. Um, and I, and I've I've heard and, and I haven't seen the confirmation of this just yet. It was that the house itself was in the middle of a gentrification project. Oh, so shit. once the house was abandoned, it was purchased by the city for one dollar and included in part of a gentrification project, which, again, would not be would not be surprising that they were trying if they were trying to intimidate people away from their homes in order to encourage them to sell for gentrification. That's that bullshit. All that I know is. Your boy, Daniel Cameron, oh, that bitch ass nigga. And his isosceles triangle lineup. <laughs> if and when they convict these folks, his neck is on the line too. Because he tried to sweep that shit under the rug as quickly as possible when it came down. He was at a ra- show was. He was at a rally recently. And he was talking about some other shoes. Talking about hurricane season. Talking about some tornado, tornado support or something. Or some bullshit. And they were out there just shouting this motherfucker down. They just chanted Breonna Taylor the whole time. Man. They gonna get Daniel Cameron ass, uh, his uh, never fucked a black woman ass the fuck out of there. That's right. He gonna fuck a black man when he goes to jail. (laughs) (laughs) He gonna gonna get a good lineup all right when he holds the Supreme's pocket. Yeah, once you go black. (laughs) <laughs> they break your back Yo get him with the straight razor <laughs> start, oh. with, start with his edge up first <laughs> Damn um, Yeah man White people on some bullshit man I tell you I, I, I almost think the racism is evolving To keep up with the times Of course I think the racism is starting to evolve I think they're start Like you know anime is always a, Another final form Racism is like, oh, well, you don't watch Dragon Ball. Racism, r- racism is like Frieza. Racism is always, always a, a new final form for Frieza. Racism is always a step ahead, though. That's true. Because they're, they're always thinking of ways to get around shit that's in place. Like, we, 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 a lot of times we don't anticipate what white folks are going to do. Yeah. Until they do it. Racism is like All Might in my hero academia. I got that one. There's yeah. always cuz all cuz you know for him to have no more powers all might always got some more shit in the tank. If all might going to appear in one of these in one of those uh uh movies in between the seasons, mm-hmm. he going to have some more shit in the tank. Oh, I oh this is the last, No, no, no. I was playing before. This is the last bit of my power. Racism always going to have a little more in the tank than we thought. Um Send your racist stories, your real life racist encounters, 
along with your listener letters, questions for myself, D. Randall, or anyone you hear on this podcast, please send those to opinionswhileblack at gmail.com or log on to uh, uh, log on to opinionswhileblack.com where you can find uh, more ways to listen to us, more information about Houston's most savage podcast, mm-hmm. ways to buy merch, <laughs> and ways to become a patron. If you like what you're hearing, become a patron, support us on Patreon. All of our Patreon tiers are under ten dollars. Um, did I have any more announcements about dot com? No. Um, we'll be back with your listener letters in the top three SCFUs. You are listening to Houston's most savage podcast. Pour up. You know what I feel good about. We call this Houston's Most Savage Podcast, and it's literally on the top, at the top of the website. No one has challenged us. I, I feel think, good. I don't think they want that. I don't think they want that. They don't want that. They don't think, also, they might not care. Uh, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> we'll be right back. And we are back. We are black. We are opinionated. And God help us, we're sober. Mm-hmm. We're actually we're actually drinking. We're actually both drinking copious amounts of water. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still drinking tons of water to get my system right. <laughs> still haven't recovered from last from week. the lake. No. <laughs> uh, it was chill. I didn't say I was sober. <laughs> Uh, it is time for your listener letters. Uh, we have one from Night Shift Flexin, uh, who says, "If you had an unlimited budget to make a movie based on a cartoon, what would it be, and what's the storyline?" Oh, I know this one. I'll let you go first. Then uh, I I had a treatment that I wrote down ages ago. It's probably still somewhere in one of my old hard drives. I would do a Samurai Jack trilogy. Damn, a whole trilogy. You can get you can get a hard ass three movies out of Samurai Jack, a hard and a, and 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 an epic saga too. A hard ass like two and a half hour movies. We talking about a live action Samurai? Jack? Yes, one hundred percent. Oh, that shit would be hard. Get my boy. Uh, well, we have to, you know what, and we have to learn more of these Asian actors because we have to stop suggesting uh, Hiro Yuki. What's his name? Uh, for everything. <laughs> Because, you know, they were talking because, you know, they were talking about uh, it was a social media post. that was like, what if they started doing Predator movies like for like throughout the ages? Mm-hmm. And it was like, what if what if the Predator showed up in ancient Japan mm. and a samurai was hunting him for revenge for failing to protect his master or something? Featuring Ken Watanabe. No, featuring <laughs> the other guy. Yeah. Was, it's either him or Hiroyuki Sonata. Yeah. That's that's it. We have to learn more of these people. Uh, if we're going to yeah. talk about inclusion, we have to, talk, we have to learn more about these Asian, That's about racism. these Asian uh, actors. That's racism. Yeah. Even though Ken Watanabe would body that shit, I did totally mispronounce his name, didn't I? Uh, I said Watanabe. Uh, yeah, you did mispronounce. I was it. I was educated in Texas. So. Now you know it's fine. Uh, and 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 yeah, uh, Hero, you can, he, we we suggest him for everything. Yeah. When when they said they wanted samurais in John Wick four, yeah, 
they went and got this motherfucker. We, like when we needed a Japanese dude on bullet train, we went and got him. Got him. When they needed a samurai for Mortal Kombat, <laughs> they went and got him. Yep. And well, they got him. And it, it, to be fair, it doesn't matter who you get when Joe Taslim's just whooping everybody's ass. He whooped everybody's ass up and down in that movie. Anyway, um, I would do it. It would be it would be Samurai Jack. The first the first movie would be basically the origin of Samurai Jack, where we see it. it it's like it, it, the movie. To be fair, the cartoon does this in like the first two episodes, where he's a little boy. Mm-hmm. He sees Aku for the first time. the The kingdom burns down. He trains all his life and goes back to fight him. That's a hard ass two hour and thirty minute movie. That's the hardest like samurai sci-fi movie you've ever seen in your life. The second one is probably where he's in the future and he's defending people from Aku's minions in the future. Um, and the third one is probably that final season where he got mad old and he had that armor and he had lost his sword and all that shit. You can get a hard motherfucking trilogy out of this. I, I I see that I see that, um, yeah, shit would be a beast. Uh, for me, oh man, I I don't know why I didn't think of this before. Um, from day one, a dream of mine has been to do a live action remake of uh, Robotech or the, the Macross <laughs> Saga, whatever you want to call it. Uh, shout out to my boy FWMJ. We've been talking about it for years, like. If there's one thing that I ever wanted to bring to the screen in that in that realm, it is that. Rick Hunter would be the new Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And Guaranteed. I know I know Toby Maguire was allegedly trying to bring that to the screen a few they, years ago or whatnot. That shit has switched hands so much. Yeah. It was it, Toby Maguire one time, Emil Hirsch one time, mm-hmm. uh James Franco, I think maybe one time. It that shit is they have yeah, that has yeah. traded hands a lot. Yeah. None of them. No. I'm, I'm gonna do it with a black lead, though. A word? Do Diggy Simmons is Rick Hunter? Nah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. nah, but I'm just, but I'm just like Rick Hunter doesn't have to be. Because here's the reality: like all those, all those characters are actually Asian. D- Diggy but, Simmons looks like what happens. What looks like the beginning of the creator character. Damn. Like before you put any features. That on. nigga looks like a default character. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, I would, I would. Uh, it, Robotech slash Macross Saga, the whatever Macross you want to call saga. it. Yeah, um, I would, I would love, I would love to do that. I would, budget too. Oh yeah, come on, bro. I would direct the fuck out of like. I, actually, I direct the fuck out of Macross Plus. Yeah, that is. I say all the time that is my shit. Macross Plus is literally the Top Gun of anime. Like everything about it um, is the anime Ice and Maverick. Uh, let's see. I have a, I have another, let's see what happened here. My, oh, this is a white people must be stopped submission from DJ burn. We'll do this next week. Woman calls. Oh, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for next week. That's that looks involved. Um, uh, let me check the Twitters. Actually. I didn't check the Twitter. Um, oh God. First of all, you asked two, Hardcore cartoon niggas who grew up in the eighties yeah. and nineties. That was a good question, A. Ron. 
what we would do uh, with a live action. I, there's so many live action joints I could just body the fuck out of, to be honest with you. Some shit y'all ain't never even thought about or heard of. Jason the Wheel Warriors. I would do Gargoyles as an HBO Max series. I think Jordan Peele is working on that currently. Damn. I don't know if it's going to be a series. I think it's a movie, but I think Jordan Peele's working on that. Supposedly, the last time I heard about that project. Um, okay, nothing on the... Nothing on the Twitters but that ass. I'll show you off air. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's all for today. Thank you for the listener letters. Um, A.A. Ron. We got to have him on the pod. He, he's willing to come on. Yeah, we gotta, It's, it's overdue. Yeah, we're going to schedule him. Um, y'all know what to do. Uh, opinionswildblack.com. Opinionswildblack at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, all the ways to hit us up are available. Y'all know how to find us on social media. Y'all always do. Um, it is time for the top three STFUs. Who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Shut the fuck up! Number three, Iggy Azalea. This is kind of a light top three this week. Iggy Azalea, she announced that she's coming out of retirement. Nobody cares. She was retired? My point exactly. Okay. Nobody um, cares. Nobody cared when you were active. Nobody cared when you went into retirement. It's only the people that nobody gives a shit about that, that have to announce to us that they're going in and out of retirement. Because they want to make sure you know that they're still alive. Well, this is true. Because Bow Wow's been in and out of retirement like 10 times. <sighs> Poor Shad. Um, Iggy, fam, we don't care. We don't. We don't. As a matter of fact, you are the one great sin that we have always held against T.I. over his head. Well, short nigga, you got a lot over his head. I was saying, oh, 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 no. No, we're not letting that one, not letting that one get away. Uh, no, no, we don't, we don't need a, we don't need a rollout from you. I, I've never heard of an Iggy Azalea fan. No. Hearing of Iggy Azalea fans is like hearing of like Utah Jazz fans. Never heard of one. I never, honestly, I had never heard of uh, um, uh, Golden State fans before the before the squad came oh, along. Oh no, no, no! They 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 all lived in Oakland. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> they they lived and died for the for the Warriors. Yeah, they they okay, were definitely that's out there. All right, that's fair. Well, either way, can't be compared. Can't no comparison. Yeah, Iggy Azalea, we don't give a fuck. Just be quiet. Just put out whatever your bullshit is gonna be and be quiet. Just shut the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. You see, uh, Nikki put out a new song and nobody cared. Nikki who? Nicki Minaj. Oh, she, okay. She put out a. It, she sampled uh, Super Freak. The only reason anybody knew about it is because she would go on, she would go on uh, the gram, and she she would just always play it over a montage of her sitting in her living room twerking. That's it. It came, it dropped, and nobody cared. I've not heard a single person speak of it. Irrelevance is such a disease to celebrity, man. man uh, it I hurts. It hurts. You, like, you, it, it pains them to be irrelevant. It does. You hate to see it. Well, I don't. I don't so, care. I don't give a shit. 
Number two is a uh, host of The Pivot, I believe it is, Channing Crowder. Is that a podcast? I, I think it's called The Pivot, which is a odd, which is an odd name. Unless I, I, I don't know who came up with that name. Uh, Channing Crowder. Now he's now. This isn't really like a manosphere type nigga. He's just dumb. I mostly blame CTE. Cause you know the other. You know I, I sent you that video where he was explaining to Kevin Hart how much he loves being around being at oh, New that colonies. Dude. Yeah. Oh, the football player dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. I sent you that shit. Yeah, you did. Yeah, football players really shouldn't talk about stuff. <laughs> Just stuff. Just stuff. <laughs> um, Channing Crowder in particular was explaining to people that he doesn't bathe bathe very often and that we probably bathe he thinks we probably bathe too much and that um he just hit when he does bathe, he just hits the hot spots. Ladies, if you enjoy a nigga <laughs> with salty balls, <laughs> here you go. This nigga actually asked, he was like, have you ever heard of somebody's forearm stinking? First of all, I can tell this is a nigga who's never rode the bus. Yeah. Because yes. The answer is yes. This nigga has taint cheese. <laughs> Yo. Is that the name of this week's episode? No. <laughs> oh, man. This is just a weird, that's a weird, I, I, I was ti- I was already tired of white people being loud and proud, strong and wrong about not bathing. We don't need to encourage that shit. And a friend of mine also pointed out that this was the nigga who not too long ago before this was telling people how much he loved being at nudist colonies. I am sure they don't love him. Especially when you got flies around you. <laughs> Live action version of Pig Pen. Oh, shit. <laughs> we don't need this kind of shit. We don't. We, and we don't. And like I said, this isn't Manosphere shit. Because um, for, for all the horrible things I have to say about Kevin Samuels, he did look like he bathed. That's a bare minimum statement. You know I hate a motherfucker. That's, that's the only good thing. I've that's ever the said closest about. that you've ever given to a compliment, <laughs> Kevin Sanders. He did look like he bathed. He looked like he periodically took showers at least daily. Now I don't know about that man in his bed, but that's a different story. That's between them. Um, did he name him in his will? <laughs> Has that man come forth yet? <laughs> you know what? I will say this. He probably never will. I always say that about like me and my mom have had that conversation about Luther that if he's and it's one of the reasons that the generation before us does not believe that he was gay is because no one has come forth because that is, and that has been the best kept secret of all time. Of all time. But often... There's never even been, like, a suspect. But if you think about it, the only reason that 
it would become public knowledge as if that person announced it. That's the problem with social media is that a lot of shit that we know of, we wouldn't know if people would just not log into their live and, and start vo- talking. And not volunteer it. Yes. Correct. You're right. You're right. Um, but, yeah, uh, uh, not bathing is a, no, is a non-starter, dog. And I, like I say, I blame CTE. It, any of these retired soft football niggas, I just uh, immediately assume it's CTE. Same thing with Brandon Marshall. Um, I can't think of anything dumb he said recently, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's there. Um, Channing Crowder got shut the fuck up, dog. Shut the fuck up. That's no, <laughs> we we don't need that. Um, and the number one person, and and how do you get guests after that? Because people don't have standards. I mean, what I'm saying is, how, do you, how is he going to get guests on his podcast after that? Oh, he will. Yeah, yeah. People don't um, care about that kind of shit. That, his, uh, Until the nigga smells like tank cheese. I'll say there's there's money in it now. So the so his people will hose him down if yeah, need be. Like, let that nigga cross his legs once. You're going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the number one person who should shut the fuck up, never thought I'd have this person on my list, is Malcolm Gladwell. Um, Interesting. Malcolm Gladwell, for those of you that don't know, is one of these uh, thinkers. I want to. I want to call him, even though he seems, even though he seems to only be thinking about ba- making about complicating basic ass shit. Um, Malcolm Gladwell has has written some famous books, uh, The Outliers, Blink, um, Tipping Point. Um. He has a podcast. He's Canadian. Um, and lately he, is, he has had choice words to say about working from home. Uh, he's definitely doubled down about his displeasure uh, when it comes to working from home. Here's my thing. And it wouldn't even be an issue with me if... so. The corporations are trying to put their foot down about working remotely. Um, they have had help from Sleepy Joe. Um, I hate that I bit off of a Donald Trump line, but it's funny. Um, and they've had help from Sleepy Joe a little bit. He's been encouraging people to go back to the workplace. Um and Malcolm Gladwell basically heavily criticized working from home in regards to um I don't know what he thinks people who work from home do or I don't know what he thinks working from home looks like I I to me it seems like he thinks that working from home is just is just niggas sitting in their own filth all day long and I don't really think that's the case, to be honest with you. I've never worked. I've never had a work from home job. Um, and to be fair, it's only a percentage of the. It's only a, 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 a not in not small, but a small percentage of people who get the luxury of working at home to begin with. It's it's still a significant number, though. Um, as I, as I mentioned earlier in this in this podcast, I, I'm an IT manager. 
And, right. And like many other people, at the onset of the pandemic, my team and I were sent home to work remotely. Right. Uh, one of the things that I did for the company at the at the time was while we were remote, and my, my team was really responsible for a lot of uh, assisting other departments with, de- you know, with deployment and, and for them getting remote as well. Uh, I was tasked with documenting everything and, and really reporting back at the end of it on, you know, what the true experience was like working from home, you know, a bunch of metrics, a bunch of re- reports. Right. And one of the things that we discovered was that the team not only worked as well remotely as they did in the office, but in a lot of ways we were more efficient and more effective in a lot of, in a lot of areas. Um, now, once, you know, things kind of cleared up a little bit and, and we were asked to go back into the workplace, a lot of people did begrudgingly, but, you know, understood. Like, we didn't have a precedent for it. Right. Um, once the coast was clear, sure, let's go back and, and, you know, figure things out. In the time since, especially in the IT world, it's been very competitive because a lot of employers are using work from home as an incentive for people to work there. Now, here's the reality. Again, I, I work in middle management, so I am constantly torn between two competing ideologies. Um, one for my rank and file team, a lot of them do want to work remote because it, and here's the other part of it that Malcolm Gladwell is kind of overstepping. Um, with inflation at 40-year historical highs, a lot of the things that we pay for on a day-to-day basis are more expensive, one of those things being fuel. The other thing being groceries or even eating out at lunch costs more right. nowadays. Um, one of my coworkers did a calculation, and it cost him, on just on fuel alone, it cost him $22 a day to commute to and from work, which comes out to, at the end of the, uh, roughly $5,000 a year just to go to work. That Uber, and he's, he's not wrong, because that Uber money, that, that yeah. Uber was definitely a different thing when I started at Evil Corp. Mm-hmm. Then in, like, the second half of Evil Corp, when I, when I finished, yeah. that, that costs. Yeah. And, it, and it's a hard cost. And, and it's something, like, just to get to work costs a certain amount of money, and that money has gone up dramatically. So, and getting groceries, I thought I was saving money. Not to cut you off. Mm-hmm. I thought I was saving money to get groceries and make my lunch every day mm-hmm. and bring that. Because there was nothing, there was nothing to eat within walking distance. I was never used to that. Yeah, and it cost more to uh, like Uber Eats, and it was yeah. starting to cost more to get groceries. Yeah, to prepare lunch every day. Right, and so you know, one of the things that my team members have mentioned, like you know, even if even if we could work from home two or three days a week, that would amount to a substantial savings. And we don't lose any momentum team-wise in what we do on a day-to-day basis. But when you look at senior leadership, they tend to be more disconnected from it. And they're like, well, you know, we're used to people being in the workplace. We need, we need to see people in the workplace in order to right. feel like that they're actually doing work. And, and Malcolm Gladwell seems more detached from the reality of it than, than he should be. I think you, you're the one that mentioned it, like, which is this nigga works from home. This nigga literally he's he's a writer. He's a writer. Yeah. 
He works from home, and I think he and it amazes me that he doesn't realize. Maybe he's forgotten that he written this in one of his books, but he outlines that there would be days when he would he would make an effort to get out of the house. This is and this isn't even pandemic shit. He would make an effort to get out of the house, and he had certain coffee shops and certain uh, mm-hmm. cafes or whatever that he would rotate. Yeah, and. So it, working remotely isn't just about sitting in your pajamas Correct. and doing work. Now, we have, granted, we do have shirts available uh, for this very thing. Um, it was If you're reading this, I'm not wearing pants um, for you Zoom callers. Yeah. But it's not, it, it's not just about... It's about being in a place where you're more comfortable and productive. And we've seen where there's an increase in... Uh, productivity, yeah. It amazingly enough, you get more work done when people leave you the fuck alone. Right. There's an increase in people being able to enjoy their off time. People are uh, people are getting in shape again because you can just you can take a break and you not only can you sleep in because you don't have to commute, you can take a break and they midday right. workouts now. You midday get up, go naps. For, midday nap. You get up, go for a walk. Yep. And people are enjoying their weekends more. Yep. My commute was amazing. In the very room that we're recording in right now, I spent nine months in this room (laughs) doing work. My bedroom is 10 steps away. So at the end of the day, if I was really that tired, I would log off. I would not have to get in my car. I would take 10 steps. Pass the fuck out. And I'd pass out. Nap time. Let's go. And and the thing that gets me and the thing that really pissed me off about what he was saying it wasn't just that he was advocating against work from home culture it was that the case he was making sounded very much like he was pleading on behalf of the corporations that don't give a fuck about us he literally says it's very hard to feel necessary when you're physically disconnected guess what we don't feel necessary anyway and we don't and most of us now in this in this era since the pandemic don't really need to feel necessary we just need to get fucking paid we just need to get paid what the fuck we're worth yep. how about that let's start there let's start there be going son and furthermore then he's like don't you want to feel like you're a part of something guess what work isn't the only way to feel a part of something i'm not all alone i'm not necessarily all alone working from home i can call someone i can facetime someone i can get up i can get up and go to my friend's house I, there are things you can do that don't involve just walking into a fucking office. Mm-hmm. Because if we're being honest, a lot of the times when we make these friendships at work, they're based on the fact that y'all ain't shit. That y'all, that the corporations aren't shit. Yeah. Most every job I've had now, every job I've had, I've I've walked away with some good friends, but we only got that connection. Through all agreeing that where we were working was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I, man, I, God, I miss everybody from the bookstore. And we are a family. But we only became a family through trauma bonds. <laughs> At Evil Court, we only got close to each other and really started getting to know each other and appreciating each other. When they told us that this bullshit was closing down and that, and, and, and that, that final month or two was when we were the closest when we, when they were doing us the dirtiest. So, yeah, 
you if you want us to feel a part of something, it's usually going to be because we're all agreeing on what uh, what fucking vultures y'all are. So yeah, listen to Ma- Malcolm Gladwell if you want to, and bring us all back into the office. It's going to be a different motherfucking attitude. It is not going to be an episode of the office. So maybe y'all need to get on the same train as me, and wish Malcolm Gladwell a huge shut the fuck shut up. The fuck up! Because the way things are now, I mean, even if you did a, what what do they call it, a hybrid thing, mm-hmm. two days in, two days out, half a Friday, increases productivity. When I know I'm leaving somewhere early, I'll be trying to get shit done. Boost morale, all those things. Yeah. All that shit. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot that goes into it that he's, I don't want to belabor the point. He, he's, a, he's just short-sighted on it. Either short-sighted or, which, and that was my thing, was that either he's short-sighted and just not, and or either he's short-sighted, he's not in touch with the modern working-class worker because he's a filthy, rich fucking writer. I wish I won these filthy, rich fucking writers. Um, well, I'd be living the same life I'm living currently, but whatever. Um, or he's just, he's speaking on behalf of sucking the the corporation's dicks. And all of those make him sound like a fucking moron. Oh, well. D. Randall, did we do a podcast? We did do that. We definitely did one. Um, church announcements? No. No. Uh, other than that, uh, y'all know what it is, man. Uh, I just want to uh, uh, encourage everybody again uh, to stay safe, make good choices. Uh, we're, we're currently overlapping with two different pandemics. Uh, sorry, I'm calling monkeypox a pandemic. Um, maybe, maybe just an epidemic, but either way. Um, I know y'all not going to sit down. So just make good choices. Um, make good choices. Be be cognizant of what's going on around you. Uh, don't be nasty. If it is true that monkeypox is caused by prolonged direct contact, a lot of you niggas who ain't getting no action are completely safe. <laughs> oh, all the manosphere niggas are in good hands, or not in good hands, as it were. That survey that he quoted earlier in the show. <laughs> Highlights the fact that 62% of y'all or something like that are safe. I don't know. <laughs> All you niggas on hinge. Uh, okay. Oh, that was the other thing we didn't we we didn't report on that's important. That white girl uh whose boyfriend uh whose boyfriend was murdered and they found her covered in blood. Mm. I remember hearing something about that. They finally charged and arrested this bitch. Oh shocking. Um because everybody was losing their shit about that. It's like, how the fuck do you not ask her any questions? Uh, they finally scooped her up and charged her. There's a video out um, on the night that happened. Uh, they're in the lobby in the, going to the elevator. And she is just losing it on him. And she is just, he's trying to, he's trying to restrain her. And she is just beating the fuck out of him. And it doesn't look good for her. Shouldn't have looked good from her for the, for her from from the jump. The jump. But no, it should not have. 
White women are a biblical plague that God neglected. Um, thank you guys for taking this journey with us. We love you dearly from the bottom of our hearts. Um, we appreciate uh, we appreciate y'all just being a good community. Um, we don't get a, we, we don't y'all don't give us a lot of shit. Um, there's not a lot of backlash. Y'all only reach out to us when there's fuckery. Uh, that you think we'd be entertained by. Um, and we, we appreciate that, man. Um, shout out to everybody on Patreon. I'll see y'all in the Discord. Um, <clears throat> anything, D. Randall? No? No. Um, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Uh, we'll be here. We're going to be here to help y'all get through it. We'll be here next week with more foolishness and fuckery. Until then, this has been episode... 192. 192. Of Opinions Wild Black Podcast. I am your boy Oz. I'm D. Randall. As always, imparting titties. Clap, white people. <laughs>